Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 25, Haymaker. This is part two of a two-part telling. Brian was standing on black sand at the edge of a slow river that moved like thick black oil. It was wide. He could just make out the other bank, and far beyond that stood what looked like silhouettes of jagged mountains. Above him, thousands of stars reflected on the river's surface and gave the black sand a shimmer. It was neither cold nor warm. There was no wind. This is weird, he said. Very weird. I should go. He turned and started walking. After a while, he stopped when he realized there was no sound. He moved towards the river's edge. As he got closer, he could hear lapping. It was sluggish. As he watched the river, it seemed to reach for him. He stepped back, chuckled at his foolishness, and continued walking. It was impossible to know how long he'd walked when he saw something in the water in the distance. As he got closer, he could make out the shape of a large, shiny boat. It looked like one of those Viking ships he'd seen in books, or a very large Venice boat. What were they called? Gondola? As he came alongside, he realized it was far more massive than he had first thought. He looked for people on board, but saw no one. It seemed to be drifting on the current. He watched it for a time, aware of the strangeness of everything around him, but he felt oddly calm and unperturbed. Behind him, he saw stone steps going up. Why hadn't he seen them before? There were huge stone steps that jutted into the sand. He walked towards them and started climbing. The top of the stairs were lost in blackness, and after a while, the bottom was also consumed by dark. He was no longer able to see the river nor the mountains, not even the stars. All there was were these stairs. He kept climbing. When he opened his eyes, he couldn't make sense of what he was seeing. Squares, a grid of white, everything was white, it was too bright. He squinted, trying to raise his hand to shield his eyes. He couldn't, somehow he couldn't raise his arm. He frowned, then he was just too tired to think about it and slipped back into sleep. He became aware of voices. He wasn't awake, not completely, but he could hear hushed voices. He was very thirsty. He opened his eyes when he heard his mum's voice. I'm thirsty, he said. He was surprised how dry his throat was. He coughed. His mum touched his forehead. He could see her. Here you go, just a sip, not too much. Her voice was soft, and there was sadness in her eyes. He sipped. It felt so good. What's up, Ma? Is Pa okay? Brian asked. Oh, it ain't nothing. Pa's just fine. 
Don't worry. You just go to sleep. You need your rest. Okay, Ma, I'm tired, Brian said. My hand is cold, Ma. As he fell back to sleep, he saw his Ma start to cry. The next time he woke, it was dark. There was something beeping close to him. He tried to set up, but couldn't seem to push himself up. He looked around the room and was surprised to see that he was in the hospital. He strained to push himself upright, grunted and failed. He looked at the ceiling for a minute. White ceiling tiles, of course that's what they were. His dad came into view. Pa, you okay? Brian asked. Yeah, son, I, I'm just fine. How are you feeling? What's going on, Pa? Why am I here? Brian asked, trying and failing again to sit up. For the first time Brian could remember, he saw his pa's eyes fill with tears. There was an accident, Brian. You got hurt, son. Ah, oh, pa, don't. I feel fine, Brian said. Then he looked down at himself. At first he couldn't understand what he was seeing. It didn't make sense. He looked down, then looked into his pa's eyes, then looked back at his body under the white sheet. It looked wrong. Where his right arm should be, there was nothing, and his left arm stopped at his elbow? Pa, what happened? I don't understand. What's happening? It's okay, son. You're alive. We'll figure this. It's going to be okay. What happened to my arms, Pa? What happened to my arms? Brian's voice rose, edging to panic. His paw was pulled away and the two nurses were there holding Brian. One reached above him and did something he didn't see. He slid down into a sleep, darker and deeper than before. The next day he woke, Jacob was sitting there talking to his ma. He stood when Brian opened his eyes. Brian noticed how thin Jacob had become. He looked skeletal, haggard and drawn. Morn, Jacob said. Brian looked at him. Jacob's bloodshot eyes burned under his ball cap. His eyes were ringed with dark and were deeply sunk. Well, you look like shit, Brian said. Jacob half grinned. You look just as pretty as ever. A month later, when Brian got out of the hospital, it was Jacob pushing his chair at breakneck speed down the hallway and out into the sun. At that moment... It didn't feel too bad. It might be okay. As soon as he got home, as soon as he entered where he felt safe, where everything was familiar, he knew it would never be okay again. He couldn't touch anything. He couldn't pick up anything. He couldn't feed himself. He couldn't clean himself when he had a shit. And for how long? How long could he live with his mom feeding and wiping him like a baby? How could he expect that of her? How could he expect that of himself? He couldn't do it. He couldn't do any of it. He just couldn't. Ma, is Jacob still here? Brian asked. Yeah, I think Pa is still bending his ear. Did you know about Jacob? What about Jacob? Brian asked. That he's gone and made himself a deal with the judge? His Ma leaned on a hip, looking at him. Well? Yeah, I knew. We had got into a fight. Stopped talking for a bit. Told him he was a stupid fucker, Brian said. Watch your language, she looked at him. Well, go talk to him now. Okay, yeah, okay. Brian went to go outside. He stopped at the door. 
He couldn't open it. His mum came hurrying over and opened the door for him. He didn't look at her, just walked down the steps and out into the yard. Hey, Bri, your dad was just telling me his thoughts on my life choices, Jacob grinned. Need to talk to you, Jacob, Brian said, looking at his dad. His dad took the hint. Nice talking to you, Jacob. Thanks for all your help with Brian here, he said. No problem, Jacob said as Brian's dad walked away. What's up, Brian? I can't do this, Brian said. Jacob didn't respond. I can't do any of it, none of it. I can't have my ma feeding me, wiping my ass. And? And I want you to help me. Well, I ain't wiping your ass, Jacob said, smiling. You know what I mean. I need to see him. I need to see him tonight, Brian said. You sure? You don't want to think about it for a couple of days? Fuck no. I'm not waiting. No deal goes the way you think. I fucking don't care. I want my arms back. All right. I'll come get you later. Nope. I'm coming with you now. Ma and Pa are going to try to talk me out of it. I'm not going to let them, Brian said. Jacob shrugged. Okay, let's get going. They walked over to Clyde. Jacob opened the door and boosted Brian in. They drove down the driveway. Jacob saw Brian's mom come out onto the porch in the rear view. They drove around most of the day, checking fields and talking. They talked about everything other than what Brian was planning to do. They talked about girls, about trucks, about farming. They retold stories about shit they did. They told each other lies, each knowing the lie, each laughing nonetheless. Around a quarter to midnight, Jacob pulled up at the crossroads. Jacob put Clyde into park. Okay, what are you going to ask for? Jacob asked. I'm going to ask for my arms back. You sure? Well, that's what I want. I've been thinking. I was wondering if you wanted to ask for something that protects you from this sort of thing happening again, Jacob said. Brian looked at Jacob. You're selling your soul. Might as well get more than just your arms. If you're going to do it, do it big. Like you, Brian said. Jacob scowled. Yeah, well, do as I say, not as I fucking did. Jacob checked his watch. He got out of the truck and walked around and opened the door. He helped Brian down from Clyde. Don't think the judge will show if I'm here. This is something you're going to have to do on your own, Jacob said. He climbed into Clyde. I'll come back for you in an hour. Good luck, Jacob drove off. Brian stood in the middle of the crossroads and waited. The air was cool. He looked around. He could see Clyde's taillights fading in the distance. Far off to the south, a yard light marked a farmyard, probably the Peterson's place. He looked up at the dark sky. It was filled with stars. They reminded him of the stars that glinted off that black river. Suddenly, he was surrounded by a bright, inescapable light. The car roared to a stop inches from Brian's legs. After a second, the engine shut down and the lights went out. As his eyes adjusted, he saw a tall man in a fine suit stepping towards him. Brian, my boy, what can I do you for? An hour later, Jacob drove back to the crossroads. Brian was standing there, tall and whole, naked from the waist up. Jacob got out of the truck and walked to him. Well, looks like it worked out, Jacob said. Brian flexed. 
He had a huge grin on his face. I feel great, he said, and stretched out his arms as wide as he could, relishing the feel of them. Hmm. Brian's changed. More than him having arms, there's something else here, Clyde said in Jacob's head. So, what did you make your deal for? Brian grinned. I'm invincible. Okay, but what's your deal? That's it. Anything that hurts me makes me stronger. That's it. You sure? The judge always has a twist. Jacob was skeptical. Nope, that's it. Said something about balance, but I was watching my arms grow just like that. It hurt something fierce, but it was so cool to watch them. Kind of missed what he was talking about, and... Oh, yeah, that fucking creepy dude, Mr. November? What the fuck was that? Just grinning like an idiot, talking about contracts and waving clauses and some shit. I don't know. Just some shit. That shit is the important part. Fuck, Brian. Now we don't know what's going to happen. You got two new arms, and it ain't going to be for free. Believe me, it ain't going to be so easy. Brian stomped his foot like a child denied ice cream. Well, fuck, I don't know, do I? Brian said. Come on, let's get back to the farm. Ma's going to be freaking. I gotta explain. Now that's not going to be pretty. Jacob agreed, and they walked back to Clyde. What are you going to tell your folks? Jacob asked. I don't know. Not much I can say, except I met with the judge. New arms is a bit hard to hide. Brian said with a wry smile. They drove the half hour back to Brian's farm in silence, each lost in their own thoughts. Drop me off here. It's late. I don't want to wake them with your roaring around the yard, Brian said. Jacob hadn't been planning any roaring around, but he didn't say anything. Just slowed Clyde, pulled to a stop on the gravel road at the end of Brian's lane. Night, Jacob, Brian said. Talk to you in the morning if I'm still around. Brian grinned, flexed his new arms, and slid out of the truck. Jacob waited for Brian to start walking, and with a wave, turned Clyde around and headed home. His deal seems pretty standard. I don't feel a lot of threads around it, Clyde said. Threads? Jacob asked. Yeah, every contract has its clauses. They show up like threads, thin colored lines wrapped around the soul, stretching out to the other plane. They're what tie the soul to the devil. And mine? Jacob asked. Yours is simple. But he has two threads I don't understand. I don't think I've ever seen these. I really don't know what they mean. Clyde answered as they turned into Jacob's lane and drove to the house. The house was dark, only the yard light casting solid shadows. One shadow stood and walked up to greet Jacob and Clyde. Hey, Doc, Jacob said. But he did not reach out to pet the massive German shepherd. He knew better. He walked to the house and closed the screen door quietly. His mum would have woken when he drove into the yard, but there was no need to further disturb her with the screen door bang. Early the next morning, Brian was banging on Jacob's door. Jacob's ma was up doing her morning baking. You'd have to show up pretty damn early to catch her in bed. Come on in, she called from the kitchen. Brian walked in. The screen door gave a plaintive cry, then banged shut, ensuring Jacob would be up or at least aware Brian had arrived. What you bacon? Brian asked, peering over her shoulder. Just some fresh bread. It ain't ready. 
Another ten minutes. Go get Jacob, and I'll fix you some bread. She stopped, shock on her face that turned into horror as she realized what she was seeing. You dumb fuck, she screamed. You went to see the judge. Brian stepped back just as Jacob stumbled into the kitchen. Brian had never heard Jacob's ma raise her voice in anger, let alone swear. What's all a ruckus, Jacob said. And I suppose you put him up to it. She turned on Jacob. Hell no. I tried to talk him out of it. Jacob raised his hands as he backed up. She glared at the two cowering boys, each several heads taller than her. After a time, she shook her head. There was a resigned sadness in her eyes. Well, you might as well have some breakfast, she said. Brian looked at Jacob, shrugged, and sat. Jacob pulled his t-shirt on and, and sat across from Brian. I can't imagine your ma's none too happy. No shit, Brian said. That's why I'm here. Been yelled at since two this morning. When my pa's voice got hoarse, ma sat in. Never did get a word in edgewise. He gave Jacob a grin. Ma saw and scowled, holding the plates of bacon and eggs with toast. Ma has every right to yell at you. Thought you were a mite smarter than this fool child here. She looked at Jacob. Brian looked down at his plate as Ma put it in front of him. Well, seems to me there's plenty work around here for two strong young men with too much energy, Ma said. Yes, ma'am, Jacob said, digging into his breakfast. The old barn's nearly falling down on itself. Thought maybe we'd pull her down. You don't think it's dry enough to finish South Quarter? Ma asked. After breakfast, we'll drive over and check, but I don't think so. Not much sand in that there ground, Jacob said around a mouthful of egg. Sunday morning, Brian's ma called from the kitchen. Brian? She waited. Brian, we're heading to church. Maybe you want to come? She waited. Brian, you hear me, boy? Leave it be, ma. I ain't going to be coming to no church, and you know it, Brian called down from his room. His ma looked at Pa, shook her head, shrugged, and pushed Pa at the kitchen door. Brian went back to sleep. The church Brian's folks went to was over half an hour away in a tiny village of Accord. They turned right out of their drive, headed west on 78, turned north on 89, across 11, and 10 minutes further. On Sunday, the village was quiet, with no vehicles except for churchgoers. The church was built in the 40s. It was a small, white-painted wooden building, pretty and well-kept. It had a tiny steeple. Its bell rang out as Brian's folks pulled up and parked. Service was an hour. The minister rambled on about being vigilant about the devil. It seemed to be directed at them personally, as if the minister knew what Brian had done. Afterward, Brian's folks shook hands with the minister and walked down the steps. They looked at each other when they got in their car. A plan. They needed a plan to save their son. They sat talking quietly, trying to figure out if now was the time to talk to the minister, maybe get his help. He was very young and very inexperienced, and he was new to Accord. He still didn't know much about the judge and his hold on the area. He would be of little use. They would need to find another way. That decided, they drove out of the parking lot and headed home, south on 89, out of the village, and stopped at Highway 11. It was just past noon on a bright, beautiful Sunday. Pa checked west, checked east, then he pulled out. 
Ma was feeling hopeful they could find a way to save their son now that they had decided to. She opened her mouth to make a comment on the day. Stanley Robertson was in his early 70s, still sharp as a tack, but his eyes were going, and the beer between his legs wasn't his first. When Brian's paw pulled out in front of him, he reacted as best he could. Stanley was driving his old Massey Ferguson truck loaded with some 80 bales of hay. He yanked the truck hard to his right, too late. His truck began to roll over, spilling the bales of hay across the pavement, and clipped the back of Brian's folks' car, sending it into a spin. The car spun in a broad, slow arc into the path of the oncoming semi. The tractor trailer, with its glittering tank on its back, rammed into them from behind. It was speeding. The much heavier semi shoved the car forward. The front of the car was flung upward into the air. At this point, Brian's folks were still alive and were shoved violently into their seats. The car rolled upside down over the trunk's massive tank of gas. It ignited. The explosion was felt several miles away, and the sound carried much farther. The fire lasted for hours and melted the pavement below the tangled metal. It looked like a scene from hell. If Brian had been awake and in the yard, he might have been able to hear the accident. He definitely would have been able to see the cloud of black smoke that roiled into the sky. I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of Haymaker. Tune in next week for Radio SHP 666, Backroad Radio, the voice of Hard Place. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up. <laughs>